Hi there and welcome to the Creating Wealth Q&A. My name is Glenn Fisher and I will be your host each week. The aim of this show is simple, to answer as many reader questions as possible that I've received over the past week. And if you've not asked a question and would like to, you can get in touch via the email. If you've come across this by chance, you can visit www.creatingwealth.org.uk and sign up for the email there and you'll be able to get in touch with me. Hopefully, we'll cover some interesting issues that even if you've not asked a question about, it will help you out. So let's get straight to this week's episode. Good morning and welcome to this week's Creating Wealth Q&A. I'm coming to you from the London office this week. Um, I've been down in town this weekend being a bit of a tourist. I've been on the Emirates airline, uh, been walking down the canal, all very nice, lovely weekend and it's lovely today. It's a shame I've got a day of meetings booked uh, in various offices. Uh, But alas, we must continue and uh, that's how it works when we're trying to create wealth. Um, Today I've got quite a few little bits and bobs uh, in from readers, which I'm going to just go through in no particular order. Michelle's put them all together for me. Um, we will start off, without further ado, to a just a. Well, actually, this will. This is more of a political question, really, from Alan. Um, he was re- writing in response to my article about. Um, what to do with all these euros? Uh, it was a week or so ago. Now, uh, I was talking about um, a conversation I had with a few friends, really, um, about uh, the price of the uh, pound and uh, what it meant. What all this kind of Brexit stuff was going on. Um, Alan, slightly, slightly, if you don't mind me saying, Alan misinterpreted what I was kind of trying to get at. Uh, he said it appears that you mix with the the Remain doom and gloom merchants. Um, <laughs> he suggests. Quite harshly, uh, that I should get a life, which I agree, I, I really should get more of a life, uh, and look on the bright side, um, and you'll be rewarded in a pleasant manner. Uh, I agree that looking on the bright side will reward you in a pleasant manner. That said, um, I'm not really strongly for or against the, what happened. Um, I think uh, there could have been pros and cons to either side. Uh, the unknown of what's happened with the Brexit and we, the fact that we still don't know what's going to happen. Um, it's a little worrying, but I don't think it's the end of the world. I do think uh, we'll be fine, uh, ultimately. Uh, these things carry on regardless. Um, we might be in for a bit of a rough ride before then, but uh, certainly not doom and gloom. Um, so just d- don't feel too as much as though I'm against you there, Alan. It's, uh, I actually think it's quite positive for, for creating wealth readers. I think the fact of the matter is, regardless of what's going on the b- bigger political um, spectrum, you've got to just carry on doing what you do. Um, It's not going to affect you massively. I realise with that there's a massive disclaimer that uh, if something terrible were to happen um, to the economy, then yes, it might uh, get get to you in a different way. Um, But I think at the end of the day, you're in control of your own finances. That's what I kind of believe. Um, That's that's the kind of ethos behind creating wealth, really, and, and what we do. You are in control of what your finances are doing. Um, it's your responsibility to, if you need to, um, you need to just put in extra work to count for that. That's that's what I do, and I wouldn't say that to people if it wasn't what I did myself. Um, so anyway, not too much doom and gloom, but we're not going to. I'm going to try and avoid um, too much talk of Brexit. Uh, we, there's plenty of it elsewhere. Um, let's move on to the next email from Jonathan. Uh, he was writing. In response to my article, uh, I wrote 
entitled These Tumultuous Times Call for a Little Stoicism. I wrote a couple of times last week on um, the philosophical movement of Stoicism. Um, I did so because I was reading a really good book, uh, which if you are interested in philosophy um, but are a little, uh, don't like reading the, the old thick, esoteric books by the philosophers themselves, uh, then I would really recommend a book called Great Thinkers. Um, it's published by the School of Life, um, which is something Alan de Botton, the, the philosopher, and well, kind of populist philosopher, um, set up. Uh, but it's a really good um, kind of one-stop shop, kind of couple of pages on every kind of philosophical movement since uh, the, since Greek times, really, and picks out the main characters there um, all the way through as I say, the, the, your Greeks, your Romans, uh, to your um, Italian philosophers, your German philosophers like Schopenhauer and Nietzsche and all these people. It gives you a really good understanding. I think it's really useful uh, if you've not got the time to read um, Bertrand Russell's History of Western Philosophy, which I think is a very good book, but very difficult. Um, great thing is really good. But I was writing about Stoicism and I pointed out, and it kind of leads on from what Alan was saying in the same world, doom and gloom, the idea of the Stoics, which I just found interesting, was that you shouldn't, you should expect the worst can happen. Um, don't be surprised when it does. What I liked about their, their theories um, is that they, the particular response to anger, and they say that anger is, is only derived uh, from being surprised at the outcome of something. You get angry at something because you're surprised it didn't go your way. And I kind of like that um, because it kind of undermines anger. Uh, which is a good thing, and um, I thought I think to all the times I get angry and, and upset, and it's it is it's because I'm surprised that something didn't go my way. And um, realistically, though, and, and you can see it as a kind of constellation that if things aren't going to go your way, it's, it's not against you. It's just that this world is so random, and there's so many different things going on in it. It's not against you that things go wrong. It's just things go wrong, so you should expect things to go wrong. Um, Jonathan wrote in to say, on the money again, Glenn, uh, had not thought of stoicism in that way. Uh, let's all be stoic and angry. If we could, then the world would be a better place. And terrible incidents like the ones that have been happening recently, which do seem to have intensified, although I don't know if that's reporting bias or whether it's the fact that we're, we're talking about them all, more, all the more, but certain things, are, there's a lot of horrible things going on in the world. Um, I'm not saying that just being stoic would allow everybody to be uh, a lot happier, but Certainly, if the little we can do is to at least ourselves be more understanding of the world around us. Uh, and it seems Jonathan's in agreement there. Uh, thank you for your email. Um, G. Totti, that looks like his surname. I apologize if I uh, mispronounced that. Uh, wrote in quickly but usefully. He says, I'm sure, or she says, I'm sure you're extremely busy which we always are, but never too busy to receive feedback. Um, but I have to recommend to yourself and other creating wealth readers this book, um, The Chimp Paradox by Professor Steve Peters. I've not read it, I must admit. I feel like I've seen it. I feel like I've seen it on recommended lists on Amazon when I'm buying various things. Um, I will certainly look it up today and I will get hold of a copy of that. Uh, and I will... Write up if I think it's good. If you want to go and read it yourself, it's recommended by one of your fellow readers. Um, couple in response to Michelle's um, Sunday supplements here, um, which are going down really well. So thanks, Michelle, for those. Um, congratulations, Michelle, uh, writes John. Um, 
in response to It Ain't All About the Money, uh, which I think was, was that this week's or it was the week before? I can't quite remember, but definitely worth checking out. We're going to put them all, all of Michelle's Sunday supplements together in a special um, kind of little booklet for you uh, one of these days. Uh, so look out for that. But uh, John writes, uh, this is probably one of the best articles I've seen written by you. Uh, that's a kind of weird way of saying it. Writing it must have been a nice change from exposing shysters of the financial world, which, if you don't know, Michelle also works on the Mormon Review franchise, which we look uh, to um, review as many internet opportunities as possible. Um, he says, which begs the questions, why have betting systems at all? Uh, there are easier and more certain ways of making money. Now, that's an interesting question. Um which I will briefly try and answer for you, John. Why have betting systems at all? Now, just bring anybody up to speed. Um, there are various different um, money-making opportunities out in the world. We know that there's, there's hundreds of them. Um, what I would say is, basically, I've worked in, in my kind of, in the past decade, I've been working in the information publishing business. I've worked across three of them of the probably the main niches in uh, information publishing uh, that's financial um, information um, sports betting um, information and what's called uh, business opportunities um, creating wealth kind of I'd say it's like lies between financial and, and business opportunities we don't really cover that much betting that said um, many years ago I met um, Matt Houghton who writes something called The Betting Rant, and that is something we publish here at Gora. It's more of a side thing that Matt runs by himself and kind of does independently now, but it's it's a very good franchise, and I've worked all these years with Matt, and I've seen how much he believes in betting and the possibility and potential of certain betting systems, of certain approaches to betting, um, and when you when you look at like zoom out and take away the the um, the kind of biased when you say betting, you've got to look at the financial world and you and people look at stocks and sh stocks and shares and investing in bonds and various things and believe it's somehow more um, kind of va valid than betting. It's just betting on the financial markets um, with far more coverage, and and they get more, they get closer to the front pages than the betting does. The point I'm making is that if you find the right people with the right systems who believe in that, who who have the philosophy behind it, then you can do very well. That's why um, we still publish uh, Matt's stuff. Um, he is always looking for new people. There's a lot less systems these days um, that I would certainly try. I, I kind of only have a few trusted people who I would go to. But you look at things like bonus bagging, which I've told you about before in, in the Creating Wealth emails, it's a, it's a genuine guaranteed way to make money from the betting market. Um, it's there's, there's no ifs or buts, it just is. So that's why I think you should have betting systems, John. I think um, you should tread very carefully, and that's why Michelle does all the review work, um, and you should find trusted people. Um, one thing I would say, aside from bonus bagging, which I think is kind of like an infinite thing, I'm not sure when that will run out, but the same goes with betting systems as does financial systems. Any system, any systematic approach that follows a set stringent amount of rules um, will be based on a number of variables. Um, 
eventually one, of, one or more of those variables external to the system will change. And at that point, chances are, because the system is fixed, the system might stop working. That's not to say it won't work whilst those variables are the same as when the original thesis was had. Um, but you need to be liquid on it. You need to be nimble and, and realize when that system, when the variables have changed. Same way that if you'd look at a company and you're analyzing that to add the company's stock to your portfolio. If the company's circumstances change, you will change your valuation of that stock. It's the same with the betting system. So just be aware of that. That's why when we're open and honest about all this thing, that's why you'll see a, a higher churn for betting systems, particularly because the variables will change. You need to be aware of that. If you get, that's why I'd also, I'd kind of go with tipsters mostly, because they're, they've got their own kind of, um, they're constantly updating their variables. So that's why I, I like people um, that Josh brings in, because that's what we're looking for. We're looking for different um, people. So. Just be aware of those elements. Be aware of the fact that when it comes to betting, um, variables will change, systems won't last forever, uh, and you need to be nimble on that. Um, I hope that answers some of your questions, John, um, and why we have betting systems. I'm not sure if that will satisfy you, but um, it's the same with anything. We we're trying to, people are trying to come up with other ways of making money, and that's fair enough. Um, some of them will be good, some of them will be bad. It's just the way the, the world works. Um, let's move on. I've got... Uh, this one is another response um, from regular reader Sav um, to Michelle's piece. Uh, he's saying again, it was absolutely spot on, an inspiring story. Um, he's retired now um, from the corporate world. I'm just scanning through the email. He had a very successful career, thoroughly enjoying every day um, in IT. Um, which is a hard industry to be in. Uh, it's often regarded as stressful, compensation working. He's just referring to a previous email where he said about, he's, he, like me, kind of defines whether you have enough and not enough, that's all you really need to know. And, and having enough money allows you to pursue the, the lifestyle you're after. Um, just reading through. Just sharing his story, which again I'll just point out that it's always great to get people's stories. Um, I won't go through it all here, but it's uh, it's great to get to know our readers better. It allows us to to better um, understand where we need to be writing, what we need to be writing about, and the kind of ideas we need to share. Um, and like Sav, thanks Michelle for the thoughtful essay. Um, I thank you for your response. Um, it's great to hear from you. Um, no real direct questions in there, so I'll skip over that. A um, couple of questions here um, for Wellpax. There's ah, now this is quite interesting. This is a long email from Will, and Will, I'd like to thank you for taking the time um, to write this. I'm going to, if you don't mind, kind of very quickly read out the email, but, but kind of skipping through it. So this will give you, listener, um, just an idea of what Will's written in with. Um, basically, uh, he's been, he talks about, uh, in the beginning of this email, the fact that for years he's been looking at kind of trying to build his own business and, and do various things, but um, from being a student all the way through 
um, living his, his various things he's done in his life. Um, he's not kind of got things off the ground. Uh, he's gone through, he tried to form a partnership with a friend, uh, began working on a business, but couldn't kind of get as profitable. Um, so couldn't really get that up, off the ground. Um, he was pointing out how he's come from humble beginnings, uh, trying to work again, another uh, IT person here. Um, but struggling, generally struggling through life, business-wise. Um, I'm, I'm hoping that Will's had a good life otherwise, but but just to get that kind of business off the ground and, and he's, he's not been able to get there. Um, and here's the key line for me. He says, at 62, I feel like Colonel Parker, who left it rather late to build his KFC brand. Um, if you're not familiar with um, the man, the bearded man behind KFC, he is one of... Um, a handful of uh, entrepreneurs and famous people who who didn't become rich and famous until very late in life. Um, I think Winston Churchill's um, always cited in that same kind of group. Um, I think even Oprah Winfrey, I think it was quite late to the kind of market and look how famous she is now. But um, here's what he says, and I'll read it out from here. He says, but in all the talk of business building, no one ever speaks of something I feel is crucial, a network of contacts and friends who can offer advice, shoulder crown, and bounce ideas off someone perhaps to provide crucial risk capital, but also the one thing, a, a critical thing you need is an understanding spouse. I would agree with that. Um, I would just clarify there, he's saying you want a network of contacts and friends who can offer advice. Definitely. You want to surround yourself by as many different voices as possible. And you can do that for free. You don't need to like hire people. Um, you speak to your friends, go to the trusted people and ask them. Um, if you respect them, they'll respect you. Um, separately, I think to provide crucial risk capital and, and to actually get money off the ground, that's a harder thing. You, you need to find different ways of um, raising money. And I'll come to that in a minute because it's, it's interesting. Uh, what Will does here, um, but he says in my, he's, I'll, I'll skip that bit, it's a bit random, um, but he goes on to say that he has a blog, and he's been writing it for three years with affiliate links, he's written the book and edited uh, that, um, but success and financial security still eludes me. Um, he then goes on to basically kind of pose the question of like, how do you um, grow a business uh, like, like the blog that he's running, um, without taking on any debt or liabilities. Now, that's very difficult, he says, ask Glenn Fisher and Ugora guys to solve that problem, uh, throwing down the gauntlet. Of course, I naturally point out it's very difficult to start things without capital. Um, most people, um, most things need money to get started. Let's not beat around the bush and let's, do, let's not like disillusion ourselves. The only way you can generally do that is to try and get a job and to scrimp and save as much of the salary that you take home um, to reinvest in your own business and own ideas. Um, that, unfortunately, um, and there's no way around this, that takes hard work. It's very hard to work a nine-to-five job and then come home at night. Um, not only saving your money, therefore not buying luxuries to um, offset that nine-to-five job, you also have to dedicate more time and put more effort in. That's very hard, um, but unfortunately that's the only thing you can do. Um, and unfortunately the other thing of not doing it without taking on any debt, without with keeping your liabilities to a minimum, is again, the only thing you can offset that with 
is your own time and effort. You, it's just the way it is, I'm afraid. Um, there's no hiding that. Um, but so long as you're providing you're able to accept that and you're willing to put in the extra time and effort, and, and will I, I would suggest you probably ask, as I've been to your blog, I've, I had a quick look. And I was interested, very interested when I visited Will's blog, uh, to find out he's a financial writer. He's writing about um, the financial world. Um, has an interesting blog, which I'll give you. I'll give you a uh, mention here. Let me just get that up. It's called Money Matters 2. Um, and he set up a, a free WordPress blog, uh, which is moneymatters2.wordpress.com. So people can visit that and uh, have a read of Will's stuff. Um, here's what I'm going to say to you, Will. Um, and I think the best advice I can give you today um, Something like that, that blog that you've got set up, um, I think is a, a fantastic start. I think you've, you've done a great job, and I think you should keep going with it. You don't want to um, invest money by taking on debt, fair, fair play, and I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Unfortunately, as I say, what that does mean is you'll have to just work harder. What I would do, though, um, specifically with this particular blog, and as I say, this is a, for those listening, it's a financial blog uh, where Wills um, appears from, I've read a couple of things, uh, to be very um, informed, well informed uh, on the financial markets and what's going on there. You've got a couple of options. Number one, um, I would make your website more um, focused on collecting names. Um, the way that information publishing works when it works best is by taking what you're, the information you're publishing but bringing customers to you so that you can re go uh, contact them again and again. That's how it works. That's how we all work. That's how Creating Wealth works. Um, I invite people to sign up to our email and then once you're on the email it means I can contact you um, on my terms when I want to. Obviously you've still got to open the email but that's the problem of a website. People might not see this, people might be on there for a second and then go off elsewhere they, and then you, they might never come back. But if you can quickly collect their email and if, so that they, if they enjoy reading what you're publishing, they can come, come back and you can find them and contact them and tell them when you've published something new, that's the aim of the game here. Straight away when you land on your website, I can see that there's no immediate way of um, signing up. On the right hand side, you've got um, let me have a quick look. This is a yeah. So this is this this thing's just like sign up and have a look. But on that right hand side of your website, the first thing you want to be trying to do is collect email addresses to visitors so that you can write to them and tell them when you've published a new thing. Okay, that, that single-handedly will transform that website. That's something you need to do. Um, once you've done that, and, and by the way, there's just search for name collection or lead generation uh, work on free WordPress and you'll find a little plugin that will allow you to do that. Um, and I would say that to anyone who's got a website, uh, at the top half before the fold, which is where you scroll down on the page, you need to you need a function, uh, functioning uh, name generation um, 
field so that you can collect email addresses. Once you've got that, you can use something free like MailChimp. And if you search for MailChimp and Glenn Fisher online, you'll find numerous articles that I've written about the fact that you can use MailChimp. Um, it's free and very easy to use. That will set you up your own email address. And that means you can um, contact everybody who signs up to your website every time you post a new post. Um, it also means you can advertise various other things and do, do that kind of stuff. So you've got to do that. Number two, and this is um, a slightly more uh, labor-intensive thing that I'm going to recommend today for you and for anyone who does this, because and I, I'm pointing this out because I think it's useful for anybody with a website in information publishing. Um, I can see here that you, Will particularly, is um, a writer who's as I say, well informed about the financial section service. He's writing currently on a WordPress blog that no one's probably going to find. The way, the only way you can increase the chances of people finding you is to go walking around on the internet and you need to take your articles that you're doing, potentially write new articles for other websites, for other people who are trying to build content um, heavy websites themselves um, and you need to go to them and offer them free content. I can guarantee you that um, most websites out there are looking for content, uh, they need content. What you're looking to do is provide them with something, therefore fulfilling their problem um, or providing a solution to their problem. Um, in return, all you ask for is not money, is simply a link to your website so that people who find your articles on the other websites, <coughs> excuse me, will find your writing interesting and they will return to your website. That's the hub. Okay, once they're at your website, because you've put a name collection um, function on your website, you can collect that customer's name and you'll be able to communicate them ongoing basis. What you're doing is essentially building an information publishing business. Um, that is the top two things I would recommend you do, Will, to try and do this. It will cost you nothing, uh, apart from your time and effort, um, but it would immediately strengthen your chances of this blog working. Um, and don't get me wrong, it's not going to be a multi-million pound business in a year, in, a, in 10 years probably. What can happen though is that you will slowly but surely develop far more contacts, far more experience um, of the market, and you'll start growing your own uh, list of financial uh, readers, which are highly valuable in the industry. People will be ha happy to do uh, various deals and, and mark cross-marketing with you if you've got a financial list of, of people interested in fin financial matters. So I would do that Definitely, I would say that to anyone who's listening who has their own website. Point number one, make sure you're collecting email addresses on the homepage. Uh, point number two, if you're writing and you're trying to get people to read your writing and find out more about what you're doing, you need to go around to other websites, to your competition, to, to people who you might think you're competing against. But you need to go and actually give them um, content themselves but just ask for that link back. Um, those two things will, I hope they help you. I hope you'll try them. Um, drop us a line if you've got any questions about that. Um, as I say, you've done really well to get to this stage. Those two things though, I think would, would 
get you to the next level. Um, I hope that makes sense. Um, two more quick ones here. Um, I think we're running out of time, so I won't keep you too long. Uh, one from Jonathan, He's, uh, he just says, I've had two businesses and still invest in property and stocks. And you're absolutely right, it won't uh, happen unless you make it happen. But I would add another category into the starting up category, and that is what worked for me. In fact, one of the most powerful tools is it's called redundancy. <laughs> if you also happen to have a family uh, to keep, then that just adds to the motivation. That's my two pence for today. Um, <laughs> I'm sure many people claim redundancy, and that gives them a start. To me, I think that probably, as I say, if people do face redundancy, uh, it's a horrible thing. But if you can, if you get a a bit of capital from that, um, that's I've seen many people take that capital and use that. Um, as Will was saying, you, you're looking for ways of, of generating capital. That is a can often give um, a, an entrepreneur something that that kind of catalyst to go. Um, so thanks for that, uh, Jonathan. Um, and yeah, the motivation to keep your family. Um, well, not keep your family literally. I don't think they're going to take your family away from you, but to look after your family financially, uh, that is indeed a, a motivation beyond all others. Um, and it goes back to understanding what you're trying to earn money for. You, you're trying to look after your family, spend more time, time with your family, have a better lifestyle with your family. Um, so when you're looking for ways to motivate, which is what Michelle's article was about, which Jonathan's responding to, um, that's a very good one. Um, Final thing here from Jeff. Um, just again, it's in response to Michelle's kind of, she threw down the gauntlet a little bit saying, are you an entrepreneur or one entrepreneur is what she said. Um, she does like the odd pun. Um, basically the idea of whether you um, are actually trying stuff or just saying you want to try and not bothering. Um, Jeff came back and said, I've been a photographer for 10 years. Uh, and he has a nice mix of pictures that I would like to market and sell to the world. Uh, as I'm behind the scenes, uh, unknown entity, as you say, it won't happen. I have exhibited my pictures through uh, various online photo sites, along with drawings of images. A uh, few sales were made to rail magazines, and I did rail photography, but not anywhere else. Um, Okay, so and he was just pointing out that he's got a lot of ideas and, and dreams and stuff, but your little guidance on where you go. Um, well, keep reading, creating wealth for a start. Uh, but with the photography stuff, um, I would do carry on doing what you're doing. You've got don't be downhearted when there's millions in, of stuff on online. You might your picture might get put up there. You've just got to keep pushing at that. What I would do, um, and I'll just tell a very brief little story about. Um, a guy back in Grimsby who I know, um, he's a little punk kid and a um, real crazy guy. Um, but he's brilliantly motivated um, and I really respect it and really, really like what he's doing. And he's kind of <laughs> like screw you to the world and, and he's certainly like not following your typical path of a young 20 something. I think he's probably, I think he's only just kind of turned 20. Um, but he, loves taking pictures, uh, loves photography, and really, really into it, um, really knows his history of photography. And um, the other week, I was very impressed to see that he'd blown up a load of his prints, he'd gone to a local bar in Grimsby, 
and he'd um, asked if he could uh, exhibit his prints in that bar. Um, and he'd exhibited them and put a price tag on all about 50 quid a snap, um, which is a, a fantastic markup for what, for what he was doing. Um, and he put on his own little exhibition of his, his photos. Um, no one knew who he was, no one knew his name, he wasn't a famous person, he was, as you say, behind the scenes, he was an unknown, unknown entity. Um, but he, he believed in his work, he had good, good prints, good, good photos, and he sold a load of them. Um, I'm buying one myself. I was very impressed by that entrepreneurial spirit of going out and doing that. Um, that's what I would recommend you do, Jeff, yourself. Um, I would try and put a show together. Um, just because you're not famous, you're not a famous photographer, that doesn't matter. Put a show together. People will come and people will look. You need to invite all your friends, invite people on Facebook as best you can, or any other social media you've got. Just try and get as many people to come along and take a look at your work. Be proud of it. Show it. And you will start that. It will just open doors. Um, I was very impressed by this kid who basically had taken the spirit of entrepreneurship and um, made a little bit of money from it, but more than that, raised his profile immediately. Um, brilliant, brilliant piece of work. I would recommend doing the same and taking that spirit on board from him. Um, that's it for this week. Uh, we're up to the half an hour mark, so I won't go on too long. Um, I hope you found some of that useful. I hope we picked some little bits and bobs um, out for you there. Um, I'll be back again when we've got um, some good questions in. So keep writing in, uh, creatingwealth at agora.co.uk. Um, thanks very much for listening. Speak to you soon.